Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Bebop Banter, the internet's premier anime podcast. My name is Wes, and I'm joined by my co-host, Demetrius. Hello. And Saeed. Howdy. Howdy, partner. Uh, how are you guys hey doing? Guys. How are you guys doing? Hey, guys. Look, I'm Woody. Howdy, howdy, howdy. <laughs> hey, there's a snake in my boot. Somebody poisoned the water hole. And everybody, that's why you take your figures out of their boxes. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, I think we they don't know. need we don't need any stinky Pete's out here. The prospector, no sir, trapped in his box. It's just a metaphor for us trying to figure out what we want to do in life and expanding our horizons. But, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but uh, thank you, everybody, again for listening to us throughout the month of May. This is our first episode coming out in June, and we are excited to continue sharing our thoughts on a bunch of different things with you all now june would normally be a month where you see a lot of video game conferences and we're just jumping right into this because this year after a lot of fanfare of it coming back it turns out e3 is not coming back you had sony do their press conference a little while ago in may You have Microsoft doing theirs in June. Nintendo will likely do one. All the indie developers or third-party developers have announced their own individual things. Jeff Keighley's probably going to do Summer of Gaming. So, we as a collective have decided, with Saeed uh, jumping back into gamer mode, uh, surprisingly here, uh, he's a big League of Legends superstar, right, Saeed? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And with Demetrius, you know, grinding through... Demetrius grinding through new games since he's beaten Elden Ring. Hey, I'm on a uh, I'm on a From Soft kick right now. Playing yeah, that, uh, that Sekiro. Ooh, dude, Sekiro's combat is my favorite in all of the From Soft games. It is. It is. God, whew, it's it so is good. A huge learning curve, but it is fun. It's so satisfying. Uh, but with but with all of us as normal being big gamers, we thought we would, as Saeed put it before we decided to start recording this podcast become our own e3 in a weird kind of different way and that way is going to be us just discussing the state of video gaming what we've seen in conferences what we're excited for what could make us excited so for everyone here for anime content thank you all hopefully you don't mind us talking about another passion of ours but before we do that uh yeah jump jump in in here instead of e3 because we have to make this our own. Oh, we should make it B3. Do. Oh, let's go, dude. That's so perfect. That's so perfect. Year one B3. Heck yeah. That's, mm. oh, that's Dude. Let's get the Photoshop started on the logo already for the release of this. To be honest. To be honest. Uh, but yeah, before we get into what we're going to be calling B3 here in June... We just want to let you all know, first of all, again, thank you for the support. And there are other ways to support us. Uh, the first, you know, the most expensive. The We're not asking you for either of these two. But if you are looking for anime-inspired clothes, you could use code BBOP15 at killthecrooks.com for anime-inspired different types of clothes. Sweatpants, I'm wearing some right now. Shirts, Saeed has a few. Or you can follow us on our Instagram at BBOP underscore banter. Click the link in our bio and demetrius where is that going to lead them to that will lead you to our patreon 
that has uh, a couple different tiers with exclusive content. Some other things in the pipeline that should be coming to you guys very shortly in the summer. Uh, so look forward to those. And there's, like I said, exclusive content, art, and more to come. Yeah, we finally nailed down a concept last recording session. Not going to say what it is, but we nailed down a concept that I think we all were pretty excited about having happen. Which should add some good value to the patreon it should be fun for us and also really fun for everybody else and consistent for everybody else so if you want to get ready for that if you want to get a head start on it you can head on over to our patreon uh but with that being said hey we're talking video games here uh somewhere down the line at least personally for me for our patrons again I am thinking about releasing lists of favorite Switch games because I'm a huge Nintendo fan. Uh, so look out for that too, maybe. But we're here to talk about, like I mentioned earlier, Nintendo is one of them. Demetrius is a big Sony guy. Saeed kind of bounces around to all these different ones. Just the state of video gaming. And I think a way to kind of split that is going to be talking about you know the way that eh, i'm trying to trying to think how i could word this the way that remakes are affecting the market right now the way that dlc is affecting the market right now and the way that kind of cross-platform and third-party original games are affecting the market right now uh so i think the quick way to start the one that we all kind of have a lot of experience with recently is about to be remakes if you look at a top list of video games for the year of 2023, whether it's on Metacritic or OpenCritic or wherever you get it, within the top 10 games, you're going to see Metroid Prime Remastered, the Resident Evil 4 remake, and the Dead Space remake. So guys, oh, and Sony just announced, you know, Sony announced that Bungie is remaking Marathon for Xbox and PlayStation and konami is remaking metal gear solid 3 as metal gear delta metal gear solid delta whatever they're calling it for both as well so guys what are our thoughts on kind of the state of remakes right now in video games what does that say about gaming uh to both of you guys for <clears throat> oh he's clearing the throat uh-oh for me i would say that well, for one thing, gaming companies, just based on the state of remakes alone, are going more towards the guaranteed approach to making money. Your business, I understand. You want to make sure you have a project that is successful with less money put in. So it's basically like a good art, like return on investment. You know the game is going to succeed. Of course, you're going to put money into it, but you know that there are loyal fans that have already played the game and will buy it again with more improvements, graphic updates, um, story additions. So from a gaming industry perspective, I understand as and a I gamer think, think, might. Uh, sorry to interrupt. I think a key thing for what you said, too, is. There are remakes and there are remasters, but for the sake of this, let's just clump them together, right? We're talking about the releasing yeah. of old video games in a new package. Right, yeah. So, I mean, like The Last of Us being remade. 
the first game for me again came out in 2013 and we got a remake in 2022 yeah and a remaster earlier too yeah and a remaster i mean i i mean i can that it gets kind of dicey but i don't think it was ready for the remake not to say that it shouldn't have happened but i don't really see it, it's it was definitely a stopgap. Let me put it that way. It's it's a stopgap, and I think a lot of game companies, assuming they're working on their own IPs or expansions to franchises, it's more of a stopgap to make sure that you have a guaranteed revenue stream so you can fund those new IPs. That's the way I look mm-hmm. at it. But I don't really love the idea, just because the gaming market. And I don't even play that many games anymore. It looks saturated in my opinion. There's so many new games that I have zero interest in or couldn't care any less. It's like Netflix right now. You know, there's there's so much material and paradox of choice because there's so much in the library that you're really only looking for the few diamonds that you want to watch or play. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I mean, remakes... Inherent remakes and remasters inherently aren't bad. There's some games that if they were remade or remastered, I would buy in a heartbeat. Like uh, Infamous, Sucker Punches, Infamous. I thought those games hey, they're were remaking it. It's called amazing. Ha ha ha! Sorry. I thought, I, but I thought those games were awesome. And nostalgia is a huge huge investment so i mean i think that it's a it's a sure way to win i am a little sad that game companies aren't experimenting more with original ideas because i think those are the ones although be it very risky are the ones that make you stand out very quickly but that's in a nutshell what i think yeah before i pass it to you saeed i think that last point you made (coughs) demetrius about nostalgia I think that's a big thing. Uh, I mentioned the top-rated games of this year so far include three remakes, Metroid Prime, Dead Space, and Resident Evil 4. If you look at the eras that those games came out, Resident Evil 4 and Metroid Prime are GameCube type of era. Mm -hmm. Dead Space (coughs) is that Xbox 360 type of era. PS3 as well. Yeah, PS3, Xbox 360. Uh, I, I go off the the... I guess GameCube is weird, but Resident Evil 4 started on GameCube, but I was going off the, the leader at the time um, for for generations. But it was... It, it's getting to that point where people that were young, on your nostalgia point, are looking for that nostalgia bait type of experience. We're the, we're the target market, right? Like, we now have our mm-hmm. own money. To, re- to be able to afford to relive our childhoods in ways. That's why you're not seeing really games that are older than that generation get remade. And you typically aren't seeing games that are past that generation or towards the end of that generation getting remade. <coughs> it's similar to why certain video game consoles for retro game collecting will suddenly just jump in price or spike. Because you have the generations that were kids at that time, now adults that want to relive that. So I think, like you said, the nostalgia is a big part of it. Because, hey, I grew up playing Resident (coughs) Evil 4. I grew up playing Dead Space. I grew up playing Metroid. 
some of my favorite games as a kid. Why not have them but better as an adult? <laughs> and now I'll pass it to you, Saeed. I just think that's something that had to get out there as a point. Yeah, good points. No, that's fair. That's fair. I think that's that's probably the main point because similar to the movie industry, that's the whole reason movies as well are they latch onto nostalgia and formulate types of storytelling because of the fact they know it it will sell. It's low risk. It's it's all in simple terms it's a business move to go ahead and make remakes instead of try new IPs that can potentially just straight up bomb and fail. Um but in general, I'm not I'm not the biggest like guy in the gaming sphere because I barely game. I haven't really gamed that much in the past decade. But I have observed like things you guys have mentioned. Um I guess my question would be to you guys does it matter if the game if it's a new would you rather have companies try to make new games but those new games just don't hit or stick to the remake route if that makes sense I think I think the winning formula for a company approach just being truthful is probably going to be the remake. I mean, it's going to bring in more money because you have a whole generation saying this game is guaranteed fire. This is going to be great. So that hooks not only the current generation, but the new generation, the people younger than us that haven't experienced the game will also jump on board like, well, everybody says this is good. So right, maybe, maybe it's good. And then usually, not saying always, but usually they end up liking it. I, but I think the, a good thing mix, also. I think it's a good mix though, like, um, like Sucker Punch. It's almost because I'm going to use Sucker Punch as an example. You mm-hmm. almost need a company or Naughty Dog just pulling on the Sony strings that I know. You almost need a company that has, like, a core value or or a style of play because if i played infamous or if i played um sly cooper or if i played ghost of tsushima i can tell once i know that it's sucker punch i can see the similarities in all three games right even though they're definitely different some some are definitely more mature and bloody and hardened but you can see I guess the shining points of Sucker Punch behind it. Same with Naughty Dog to an extent. Very character driven. Yeah, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with if I had to pick, right? Uh I would just rather have new IPs, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. The the reason being is that uh like if a game is good enough to be remade, right? I'm gonna use the three he, like the three big ones for example that are out this year metroid resident evil and dead space <coughs> a company could also just very easily re-release those games <laughs> yeah like, or without without touching it up right the the other piece of that so, good argument though is for ips which i agree with wes it should be new ips the big thing there is why not make a new ip or game with similar elements to what succeeded before. Yeah. I was going to bring like, this up as well. I was going to say, even new, the games that are new, 
like actual new IPs and stuff, is it a problem that the mechanics of the games are almost identical to past games? I have the perfect in example of this. I have the perfect example In that, of like, the gameplay itself is basically like almost every other game. The only difference is the shell it comes in in the form of storytelling. See, it's probably the one of the only differences. Mm. So, so here's before I and get at to that my point is it actually gaming or are you just trying to consume stories? Uh, b- before I get to my perfect example for that, um, I do want to say again to your first question, I would rather have new games because I think you can always release the older version. It might not be as pretty. People might kind of turn their nose up if it's not up to the graphical capabilities, but it's still going to sell a lot. Um, and I do think that remakes are remakes or re-releases or remasters are a necessity. I want to get that out of the way because I think that there should always be a way to play a game. I don't think you should have a game locked on a certain system, right? If it's True. a po- yeah. every generation a deserves to try to experience something that's great. Yeah, that's like if it's a too. if it's a popular enough game, let's use Super Mario Sunshine as an example, right? It was locked on the GameCube for how long? And they finally released it on Switch, and a whole new generation got to experience it. And they didn't do anything right. to it other than for a limited HD time. Filter over it. <laughs> for a limited time, yeah, which is stupid. But like, there is. I can still walk into Best Buy though, and they have those those things sitting on the shelves. But I, I think every generation deserves to experience games. So in that regard, I think re-releasing. That's why the the Last of Us remake kind of rubbed me the wrong way because the original last of us with more features just not as pretty looking was available on the same console (laughs) yeah that's that's why that one was weird to me but my perfect example to your second thing saeed your second point is dead space and callisto protocol straight up like that is exactly right that is exactly what you're talking about callisto protocol was not a bad game by any regards I was really down on it, and I gave it a 7 out of 10, and Demetrius was higher on it and still gave it a 7 out of 10. It was a good game. When people that thought it wasn't that... Like, when people that think it's not that great and people that think it's better than people give it credit for give it the same score, it's a good game. But it was cursed by the fact that Dead Space Remake came out literally, like, a month later. And Mm -hmm. mechanically and creatively, Dead Space is... One, the nostalgia that people are always going to latch on to. Two, there was a lot more money behind that remake. And three, because Callisto Protocol tried to emulate so much of Dead Space uh, because it was the original creator of Dead Space, it ends up coming off like what you said, Saeed, of, you know, oh, it's just trying to copy Dead Space. Uh, and right. I feel I feel like if the Dead Space remake wasn't announced relatively quickly after Callisto Protocol wasn't released relatively soon after Callisto Protocol and was not being marketed at the same time as Callisto Protocol people would have had a different view on that game but you had a lot of people that were playing Callisto Protocol uh, especially in the media that were playing Callisto Protocol at a preview event and then turning around and going to play the Dead Space remake at a preview event and I feel like if Dead Space wasn't around people would have been a lot kinder to Callisto Protocol. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. So, in that regard, having a high-end remake next to a new game that is trying to do the same or, or recapture that magic really hurt it, I think. 
Yeah, that's a good so. example. I'm not going to sit here. I think EA, I don't know if it was, well, let's put it this way. If if that game came out, like you said, at a different time, it would have done way better. And it's and it's kind of sad because IPs, or new games, I think he, and I'm a little bit of a fan of Glenn Schofield, so I think. Yeah, you just, what you just I, what don't I, like that EA took his property I don't and like made EA. A, a better EA, version of what he was trying to do again. Yeah, like EA literally took his Magnus, magnum opus, one of his greatest games and, and concepts, butchered the team that made it, uh, destroyed the third game in my honest opinion, and made it this, this microtransaction terrible version of what it came out as, and then remade it without that team they may have had certain members but basically remade the whole game made it look pretty and i'm sure it's mechanically good because i haven't played it but i've heard nothing but good things i mean it's 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 spit in the face to be honest all all the all the changes they made to it though were so good (laughs) oh yeah no don't get me wrong like i understand i I understand you're not talking trash about the team you're not talking trash about the team that made it it's the company it's it's ea it is because it it's just personally as an artist myself it's just like spit in the face to just take and i understand they worked under ea or ea bought them i get it but man it i'm not privy to all the knowledge but it's just sad to see because see i think i think glenn is pushing i think the companies and creators that are pushing the boundaries to go to that next level of gaming, whether it's for good or bad, need to be acknowledged. Because that's what's going to yeah, get but, us to the next level. Yeah, but I think to counterpoint that, he made it too much like Dead Space. Like, And the same thing I think can be said, like another argument can be made for Shinji Mikami and Evil Within. Even though Evil Within didn't come out at the same time as Resident Evil... Uh, remake did evil then one and two were constantly compared to resident evil because it was shinji mikami's game since leaving it was his first resident evil 4 style game since leaving capcom and he wasn't involved in the resident evil 4 remake so i do think it is kind of unfair to put that on some just because you like one guy over a company because none of these remakes have the original teams behind them (laughs) essentially it's like when you're making a game unfortunately for in the business practice that is that company's game and i think you have to do something if you're going to try to re-enter that space to separate yourself from the work enough and shinji mikami fell victim to it with evil within being so much like resident evil 4 but with weird existential crisis elements (laughs) yeah the game was kind of weird yeah, and Callisto Protocol fell into the same deal where it was so much like Dead Space that even though it tried to put itself separately from Dead Space with like melee mechanics and stuff, at face value, it was like you couldn't have tried to actually push past that. Like, I, I think it is a little unfair to judge a game harshly based on the fact that a company remade it without the original guy there. 
Oh, I'm not but judging I get, it. I, but I, I also, think it's more I also of get a what you're, piece. I also get like, what you're saying. Uh, yeah, because it's it's not necessarily saying that I think one game is better than the other. I just think from a creator standpoint, if you're going to if we're going to talk about IPs and remakes, it's almost like, and it is true, sadly, that remakes are a surefire win, and IPs, new original games that we grew up on that have shaped the industry and, and the experimenters who have tried to push boundaries are the ones who, unfortunately, and this is an artist's world, get punished. Yeah, and, and to circle that back to Saeed's question and the whole reason I brought Callisto Protocol up, it is unfortunate, but... The harsh reality of it is, if you're a game creator like Glenn Schofield, and you come out with a game that is masterpiece, Dead Space One, Dead Space Two, as examples, because we all know Dead Space Two is about to get remade. Oh, that's my favorite. Um, oh, dude, Oof, that game's gonna be insane. Uh, but when you come out with a remake, the unfortunate re- or when you leave the company and the IP stays with the company, the unfortunate reality is, you have to do something so different to set yourself up. With- or like set yourself apart or you're going to be constantly judged based off of your own standard that is now a different company's standard um so in in that in a regard, weird way that happened with the soul series with dark souls 2 because miyazaki yeah. was not involved in yep. dark souls 2 exactly he was working on bloodborne instead and souls 2 is considered the worst of the souls games because agree. people could just people could people could just tell me it's not the same thing mm-hmm. and then when three came around again Three brought it back. Yeah, and three. The interesting thing is three is the actual like chronological successor to one, not two. Yep. So it's it's like one, then three. Two is like a filler. Yeah, thing. I was gonna say is two yeah. just non-canon. Two is Basically. bad. Two was my. What's funny is two was my first ever Dark Souls, and someone told me go back and play Dark Souls one instead. So I did that, and then three released, and I just stopped playing two after i beat one and went straight to three and never looked back dark souls one level design is insane oh it's so good it's so it's smart so cool. um, yeah but yeah i think going back to your question and then moving on to the next part of gaming because this is going to be a little bit of a longer episode um the unfortunate thing huh. is if you're, they can they if can you're come back to part two <laughs> yeah 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 if, if you're a game developer right and you're trying to make a new game knowing that your best work ever is owned by a different company, you better make sure that your new game has enough to truly set itself apart, right? Mm -hmm. Whether it's a completely different genre, um, Game Freak, for example, this is a reverse, this is a reverse thing, but when they were in the heyday of Pokemon, they tried releasing a bunch of different smaller games on the DS, and they even released one on the Switch after what was it sword and shield came out called little town hero and those were just bad like they were just not good games but at least it was something that wasn't a collector game so that they wouldn't be constantly judged to the pokemon standard like it's a tricky slope to when you leave a company and your ip doesn't travel with you it's a it's a tricky tricky hill to navigate i think if we're going to talk about this the best case scenarios that we can talk to because the gold standard for me just companies that first come to mind would be like Sucker Punch, um, From Software, Naughty Dog, Insomniac. Like a lot of their games have like those core values that I was talking about, but the genres for most of them 
are different. If you take a look at Sucker Punch's Sly Cooper, that is more cartoony, uh, anim- ana- anamorphic, is that the word? Anthropomorphic. Furry. Anthropomorphic. Yeah. Furry. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> but when you have when you have like Sly Cooper put right up against something like Ghost of Tsushima. I love Sly Cooper. Yeah. Very different. But they could, both in a way do well. Could, in a way you could say Nintendo First Party 2 is a similar uh, way to look at it, right? Because while they're all different directors in the game, Nintendo publishes their own games. Like it's it's not like they're having different studios publish Zelda, Mario, Smash Brothers, right? Like Mario Kart, like that's a Nintendo game. So in a way, they're they're like they're the only one really that is their own company because none of the studios they don't have like separate. Studios I will say Nintendo is that. the outlier. I will say yeah. Nintendo is the outlier in the uh, coming out with games with unique mechanics because they do do that more they often. They innovate than, hardcore. Yeah. Yes, because this Zelda game. It's kind of nutty from oh, dude, what I've I seen. I, I haven't played it. I've seen gameplay of it. Like, the physics of, like, the moving stuff or whatever. It seems pretty... I've never seen it in another game before. I built I built thing. a flying laser beam race car the other night for the most menial of tasks. And I was sad when I had to leave it behind. Dang. I was like, man, that's that's tough. But uh, yeah, Nintendo that's, is a bit of a... an outlier. But uh, but to Demetrius's point, like similar to a company like a Naughty Dog or a Sucker Punch, you know what you're gonna get from a Nintendo game. Like the core principle is going to be almost always some unique gameplay mechanic over uh over a direct story, right? Yeah. But I will I will give I guess newer game developers or game developers in this day and age a little slack because gaming's been going on for so many years to the point where it's almost like everything's been done been there done that type of deal like yeah it's hard to innovate. mechanics have evolved to a point where it's difficult to come up with new things that are like logically make sense to apply to gaming in general sometimes it might be too jarring for a wide range of audiences so it's it's tough because even storytelling is the same problem with movies that's the whole problem with movies too so many different types of stories have been told over and over again. It's hard to come up with new things that'll stick, that won't like weird out the general pop- population. And I think gaming's in a unique space. And Demetrius, I'm actually interested in your take because we've talked Sony, like Sony studio first party studios. We just talked a little bit Nintendo, but I think the unique space in gaming right now is because this episode is going to go two parts. There's no way we're talking about DLC. Uh, and games we're excited about or games that would make us excited. No way we're talking about that in this episode. Uh, but probably the most unique space in gaming is the indie uh, scene right now. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like, yeah. And, and like that is... Mm. Good point, mm. actually. Yeah, that's a good point. It's not, that indie, it's not that games without new mechanics aren't there. It's just they're, they're in the indie game space. Which is, yeah, it's, which is good, it's I think. It's kind of underground. I think it's good that there's yeah. a healthy indie... Yeah, I think there's, it's good that the indie game space is growing and it's becoming more and more healthy over time. It's mm-hmm. it's good for gaming in general. Yes, and I think agreed. it's accessible totally agree. for gamers too. Like some of my favorite game experiences on Switch, especially because Switch is just like a massive indie hardware. Um, it's, it's a massive piece of hardware for indie software. One of my favorite things to do is just go like see what... $20 or less indie games majority like a lot of them will be $10 or less or like at that $14.99 price point 
And some of the best experiences I've had are at that lower indie team price point. Yeah. Like, it's it's cool to see. And also with how expensive gaming is getting now. Games Mm -hmm. being $60 to $70. Production costs soaring. Like, you can pick up one of these small pixel games made by one dude for five bucks and it could be one of the greatest things you've ever experienced like i think that's unique to gaming itself right it's getting to the point also technology wise where indie games aren't even just those lower graphic pixel things there's some impressive looking indie games with great art design Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's a good point there was there's one and i can't remember what it was called um but it, it came up in one of my algorithms and it was saying it was like uh so most people have either played or have seen like journey flower mm-hmm. uh abzu there was one that was like night sparrow or something and i can't hollow knight it wasn't hollow knight dude hollow knight is an indie game though and hollow knight is really yep. good Very, i've heard it's it looks really beautiful good. isn't oh, cuphead it's indie? hard cuphead it's is really indie, hard too. and cuphead is incredible as well yep um i can't remember it's like <clears throat> it's music Based, I think Alex Mukala was involved in it. Ooh, I gotta look that one. I up. think I know what you're talking about. I can't remember the but name. I don't of remember it, the name. Yeah, and I wanted to play it just because, from what I heard of the music, it it wasn't out at the time. But what I heard of the music, it was really interesting to the point where I was like, you know what? I have I have extra money. Why not spend a little bit? You know, support a local, smaller artist. Yeah, indie games are cool because that's where you see the experience. Like, I mean, we said Nintendo does all the unique type of game. Like, I would say, what, Nintendo has unique gaming experiences focused on, like, interesting gameplay. Sony has the really cinematic, like, tightly made experiences. Microsoft does what they they're doing. They're just buying a bunch of things right now. Uh, right. and, they're, and they're focusing on cloud gaming. They're like in a different They're place. in a different headspace, yeah. Yeah, they're in a different headspace. But the indie game world is where you can find people like really experimenting on certain things. And yeah, there are a lot of different genres in the indie game space. Like farming simulators, like rhythm games, like dating sims, like visual novels that are lower cost games to make. But some of these people are so creative in what they do and not just for new concepts but so creative in delivering experiences that all of us have talked about that being the like tributes to older games that we grew up with like how Mm -hmm. many times is there a pixel like chained echoes is a huge example for me i loved that game and it's a pixel art jrpg that some european like german guy made that was his love letter to original Final Fantasy and Chrono Trigger. And I was like, this feels like it's from that era. It's such a wide Vampire range Survivors of is another good example, yeah, too. That Vampire game popped Survivors. off. Like, it's just such a wide space in gaming right now that, I, I don't know, like, major companies aren't ever going to take a stab at it. So it feels, like, untainted <laughs> by corporations. I would like to see... I would like to see major companies at least funding indie game projects. And be hands off with it, of course. Yeah, yeah. There, there are departments in all like Nintendo, Sony, Microsoft that 
have that, but I just I'm looking forward to that type of thing expanding because I think innovation is going to come from the indie game space. Yeah, I would, and you'll you'll probably point. see the innovation that's being applied, the new stuff in the indie game space is going to be applied to the AAA studios oh, after the fact. 100%. And here's here's an example of like something I would like to see more of, right? There was a game or there is a game called Crypt of the Necro Dancer. It's an indie game. They have like a brand new entry in it coming out that's a different play style that looks awesome. But indie studio, indie game, a few years ago, to wrap up one of their shows, Nintendo announced uh, <coughs> Crypt of the Necrodancer Cadence of Hyrule. And it was a from the ground up Crypt of the Necrodancer Legend of Zelda game. And it was the first time they had given an IP to an indie studio to make a game out of. And I would love to see major companies take their IPs and give them the like give them to some of these really creative studios to see what you can do with it, right? Like Legend of Zelda was never a rhythm game, but it ended up being so awesome. Like could you imagine a Last of Us turn-based RPG? Or the Bloodborne oh Racing game. I the Bloodborne Racing game I sent you guys that's a fan project. Like these genre bending things that major corporations wouldn't risk doing that smaller companies or like indie developers are clamoring to get done. I don't know. It just I feel like there's so much untapped potential in that space. Truthfully, I got to to wrap this up, I got so much money in my playstation wallet i think it's time that i uh invest in the indie game space and start really looking for like games that won awards or games that people are talking about and give them a shot you know by paranormosite <laughs> ignoring what wes said because uh wes recommended Un- ungo however many years ago no paranormosite is literally like a 10 out of 10 game and i'm not the person saying it you just it, gotta look up reviews do you know for is it. that on multiple platforms you know it is on it is on Steam, it is on PlayStation, it is on Switch. Okay. Alright. I'll think I'll uh like I said, I got a lot of money, so I can probably check it out. Talk about one of the oh, this man's flexing how much money he has, bro. Bro, people just get, you know how people give you gift cards? People yeah. people <laughs> just buy me PlayStation cards, so I'm like, alright. Yo, here's here's a fun here's a fun speaking gift card uh deal that you can do if you don't care about having digital games. If you have a Costco membership Costco sells a hundred dollars worth of Nintendo credit for, for ninety dollars. Oh, or for eighty bucks, yeah, eighty ninety 80, bucks. Yeah, yeah. You you go buy that hundred dollars. You upload it into your Switch store, and there is a voucher that you can buy for one hundred dollars of Nintendo credit, which you bought at Costco for cheaper. That is two full price games of your choice. Tears of the Kingdom is one of them. Pikmin is there. The Mario games are there. Everything is there. So you could get two games for almost the price of one seventy dollar game. Pretty good pretty good deal. Pretty good deal. Pretty good. But but yeah, uh guys, I think this is gonna have to go to a part two to discuss deal our thoughts on DLCs, our thoughts on games that would excite us. So closing thoughts here from you guys we did this was pretty much the remake episode b3 part one so let's uh let's wrap here guys what do you got to say 
I think remakes for the most part are still fun, although unneeded at some points. Most are usually needed because I agree with you guys. The game should be available to every generation. Um, just want to see a lot more IPs, and I think I got my answer talking it out with you guys about indie games. Yeah. Yes, sir. I say uh, support indie games, check out indie games. If you're bored with the state of gaming and you think there's no new games coming out, blah, 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 just just check those those lower-priced games. You'll, you'll be surprised. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Full agree. And again, if you want to support us and you have a lot of money sitting in some account like Demetrius does... <laughs> Uh, again, you can you can go to killthecrooks.com, use code BBOP15, uh, or to more directly support us, you can head to our Patreon. Easy way to get to there is through the link in our Instagram bio uh, and directly support us there. I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, but we talked out a consistent concept that will be going up on Patreon that I think is going to be really fun for everybody. Uh, shout out to the Wild Times. If you know, you know. Uh, But with that being said, everybody, look forward to B3 Part 2 next week. Thank you all for listening. My name was Wes. This was Demetrius and Saeed. I guess it's June, so happy Pride Month. And you guys know what to hit them with. To be continued. Bebop, don't stop. Peace.